You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. We're joined for an exclusive interview with the chair of the SEC, Gary Gensler. He is here in our Washington studios. Mr. Chair, thank you so much for being here. I'd like to begin with your newest rules that you just unveiled yesterday, putting restrictions on brokerages and money managers and their use of AI to interact with clients. What is your primary concern with the adoption of this technology that you're trying to address? First, Kaylee, it's good to be with you. But talking about this, I think that uh, predictive data analytics, including artificial intelligence, is the transformative technology of our times. And every bit as transformative as the internet or mass production of the automobile 100 years ago. Now, what are we trying to address? When an investment advisor or a broker works with you as an investor, they're not supposed to put their interest, the advisor's interest, ahead of yours, Kaylee, as an investor. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is make sure that the technology aligns with that standard, that the technology that can predict about each and every one of us so much about how we might react to a little behavioral prompt or a little nudge, how we might react, that they're putting our interest as an investor in the right place and not putting themselves ahead of it. And, of course, the AI move wasn't the only one you made yesterday. You also uh, just approved a plan to require companies to disclose cyber breaches within a four-business-day timeline. Why is that the appropriate time frame? Well, uh, if I could just give a little bit more, it's about material mm. uh, incidents. So if a company lost a factory and that factory is wiped out and that factory is... Uh, material to its operations, let's say because it's lost to a hurricane, investors need to know when they're buying and selling the stock. In a similar way, if you had a cyber incident that management determines is material, you know, hundreds of millions of files lost or something or compromised, investors benefit from that disclosure. But giving businesses just four days to that, disclose that. That's what we have in our uh, rules today, currently, for business days, if you have, uh, like if that factory, mm. you know, was wiped out by a hurricane, to put out the material information. And, and so that's consistent with rules on the books. And by the way, many companies have been making such disclosures. Some haven't. It's been fragmented. And we thought it was important to bring some consistency to it around these uh, material events. Mm. 
Mr. Chair, Danny Berger here in London. Really wonderful to speak with you today. Now, now on some of your proposals when it comes to equity market structural reforms, you joined Bloomberg TV back in March. You said of market participants, give us your best advice. Tell us what you think. What did you get? What was the best advice you got? Well, we got in terms of equity market uh, structure, uh, thousands of comments. So I, I would say that what we're about at the SEC is trying to drive greater efficiency and competition in those markets. So when you uh, send an order into a broker that you feel that you're getting best execution on that order, um, and also that the markets themselves are competitive. So one of our rules was about uh, sort of leveling the playing field uh, between the lit markets, the so-called New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ and so forth, and the wholesalers or dark market, which at times the dark part of the markets are between a third and a half of the market. So it's trying to bring some, uh, level the playing field, and ensure that uh, investors are getting uh, best execution in these mm. markets. What about in terms of the feedback you got? Are you taking any of that on board? Would you change anything considering what you've heard so far? Well, we do that as a regular basis. When we make a proposal, we put it out to public comment and get feedback. And we put out four separate proposals uh, for different aspects in, in the markets. And I think we've gotten four to 6,000 comments on each of them. So, uh, uh, and we naturally consider it and uh, the staff makes recommendations about adjustments. Okay, I'd like to discuss another proposed rulemaking that has received a certain degree of feedback, your climate risk disclosure, specifically as it relates to scope three emissions. What conversations are you having around scope three in particular? Well, we've heard a lot from from the public on this, but to set the stage, companies today are making disclosures around climate risk. In fact, well over half of the top thousand or so companies currently make climate risk disclosures, including greenhouse gas emission disclosures. So we're trying to bring consistency to that. And yes, for investors that they can compare comparability for that. You asked about one part of greenhouse gas emissions, so-called scope three, which is about the supply chain. and Right, where and, a lot of the concern lies. And so we, we've heard uh, from a lot of commenters uh, about that, both from issuers and investors. Uh, we understood when we made a proposal that, that this was not as well developed, so-called disclosures around supply chain emissions. And so we're taking that into consideration. And as I just chatted with your colleague, we, we the staff considers what uh, to recommend upon adoption and whether to make adjustments. So we could see a change there potentially. Well, just as in the equity markets that I talked okay. about, we do take these comments seriously, uh, Kaylee. It, it, it's a really a rigorous exercise. Mm -hmm. In climate, we got 16,000 comments. Wow. So, okay. so it's a lot to sort of sort through. But the scope three issue is one that we've heard uh, 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 significant comments. Interestingly, we've heard from, I think, 48 or 49 of the State Farm bureaus, literally about, well, what, what is this effect? And we only oversee the public companies, these right. six or 7,000 public companies. That's it. 
We are a disclosure-based agency. Mm -hmm. I, I often say we're merit-neutral. We're not a, uh, you know, we're not, this disclosure is about something already happening between investors and issuers. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, an important thing to bring consistency. It's not about those, um, you know, those farmers and ranchers who thoughtfully wrote us. <laughs> so we've heard. Okay. I'd like to move to a different topic, which has gotten a lot of attention lately, crypto. Specifically, a ruling that was made in the Ripple case that XRP is only a security when sold to institutional investors, not so with retail investors. I know you've previously said you were disappointed by that ruling. The SEC has also said that it intends to seek further review. So does that mean you are going to appeal it? Can you elaborate on your thoughts around that ruling? Kaylee, great question, but the commission, uh, I'm, I'm one of five commissioners. Mm -hmm. The commission has not uh, uh, acted on that. And uh, uh, if the staff makes a recommendation, we'll, ha we'll have a discussion of it and we'll take it up then, but I don't ha really have anything more on you for you for that. In, in the meantime, as we wait for this, what does it mean for your efforts around crypto, for your efforts to try to protect the consumer in these areas? Does it complicate it? Look, this field of crypto investing, uh, um, a lot of investors uh, should be aware it's not only a highly speculative asset class, it's also one that they currently should not assume that they're getting the protections of the securities laws, even though the securities laws apply to many of those tokens without prejudging anyone. But you as investors are not getting the full, fair, and truthful disclosure. And the platforms, the intermediaries, are doing things that we would never in a day allow or think the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ would do. The platforms often are commingling and trading against you and have market makers uh, uh, that are on the other side of your trades. And we don't allow that in the rest of our securities markets. And right. uh, the securities laws are there to protect you. And that's right now, there's a, this is a field rife with fraud, rife with hucksters, and there are good faith actors as well, but there are far too many that aren't. And, and of course, you've, you've brought cases uh, against crypto exchanges on this point, but do you need to change tactic? Does it change anything for those cases, again, this XRP ruling? Again, I'm not going to go into any one uh, ruling, but I think that the securities laws are clear, and if, you're, if the public is investing in your project because they're anticipating uh, profits based upon the efforts of that project or those entrepreneurs, yeah. Congress painted with a broad brush. And uh, I would ask you this, it's like when you look at a token, you can find a website, you can find a CEO, you can find a Twitter or X feed, whatever it's called these days. And uh, there are entrepreneurs behind many of these projects without, again, prejudging any one of them. Elsewhere in the crypto space, I'd like to discuss a spot ETF because we have seen a wave of filings recently from BlackRock and others trying to finally achieve this. One has never been approved in the US, just a futures ETF. 
it seems like everyone thinks there has been a tone shift, that something is different this time around. What do you make of that wave of recent filings? Has anything actually changed for the SEC? Well, Kaylee, you probably won't surprise you. Those filings do ultimately come up to a five-member commission, so I can't prejudge any filing. Um, but back to your colleague, as I said, this is a field that um, there's a lot of non-compliance in this field and um, that the platforms themselves where trading is occurring of various crypto tokens, mm -hmm. uh, though some of it comes under the securities laws, right. currently it, they're not necessarily compliant with those time-tested protections against fraud and manipulation. Okay, on the subject of securities laws, which obviously is your purview at the SEC, just yesterday, House Financial Services Committee passed through committee legislation on crypto market structure that would actually give more authority in regulating this space to the CFTC. Still has a long way to go if it were to become law, but what is your thought on that legislation? Um, I sort of uh, share my thoughts directly with members on the and what Hill. what have you told them? I, I, I understand your question, Kaylee, but I think that uh, those members on the Hill would appreciate if I continue to share my thoughts directly with them. Not too dissimilar, Mr. Chair. I wonder if there's some degree that you would want a wider scope when it comes handing down fines to bad actors. Do you think it would be helpful to have higher fines, again, in order to discourage certain behaviors? I, I would say this. We have good tools at the SEC uh, around uh, not just penalties, but also what's called disgorgement to, to give back ill-gotten gains and so forth. Um, but if, if you're asking whether we could use more uh, authorities, I would say we need more cops on the beat. We need more resources. Our agency is just the size we were in 2016. We actually shrank. We've kind of come back, and yet the, the markets have grown so significantly in those seven years. And finally, as you say, you need more resources. I wonder how you feel about the ability of you to get those things from this Congress in particular, when you have certain members of Congress who have said things like introducing legislation to remove you as chair, referring to tyrannical chairman, including the current one. Does it mean it more difficult to do your job when there is that kind of political rhetoric out there in your efforts to protect investors? Um, we work closely with Congress um, and, and individual members, mm. and I look forward to those public debates. I think that we're really an important agency. The, the capital markets really wouldn't work without cops on the beat and rules of the road. Uh, just, you know, think if you're watching uh, soccer matches. <laughs> if there were no refs on the field, what would that soccer match look like? It would look first more like rugby, and then after a while it would really look worse, and fans wouldn't come to the field anymore or yeah, well I can most see that vision. <laughs> yeah you, so I really do think that uh, it, it's important to have mm. this agency and we're part of of these well-regulated markets all right we have to leave it there thank you so much for your time today SEC chair Gary Gensler joining us on both Bloomberg television and radio you know it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through 
Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than a destination. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.